Hello, you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, your source of practical strategies for keeping everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. And today's episode is a dog and cat chat with Lauren. I am excited to chat because you just added someone to your house. So tell me a little bit about your pets and your current situation, and we'll talk about what you need help with. I will. So I'm Lauren. So I adopted my first pet, Callie, the diluted tortie, who is the queen. She meows constantly and sounds like she's been smoking a pack a day for about 20 years. She may make an (laughs) appearance on here because she loves to come and scream at me when I'm on calls. And she, I adopted her at a cat cafe and they were like, she would be a great starter cat. And that is honestly the best way to describe her. She is cool. She is like a little nervous around other people, but like she's solid. She does not she doesn't care you know she's cool Mm -hmm. all that good stuff then we got buster when she was lonely we got a kitten like six months after having her a black cat kitten named buster who is my personal bart simpson so he follows me around constantly i call him my tiny familiar and he's constantly like knocking things over and like trying to chew on my cords and all the other stuff but then like last week we adopted Lou who is a 11 month old standard poodle rescue who was a breeder release. So a breeder had too many puppies, couldn't sell them all. She gave them to this rescue. Somebody took him home for 90 days and then gave him up. So then we got him. So he is getting settled in and everything is going really well so far. Buster Mm -hmm. was furious. We were hiding something from him. So the dog would like go in my office and Buster would be like putting his paws underneath the door, shaking it, like, let me in there. What are you keeping from me? But then he actually escaped cat containment when we were keeping them all separate and things have just been going really well. And I don't want to jinx it. So that's why I want to talk to you because I want to make sure I'm not accidentally setting myself up for, you know, trouble down the road. But everybody seems really cool. So... I am cautiously optimistic. Okay, so today is April 10th. So Lou has been in your house for nine days. Yes. So tell me a little bit about what you know about him. And then also like how he has reacted to coming to a new place and Mm -hmm. Buster kind of busting in on his his new found space. Yeah, so Lou is cool as a cucumber he's skittish around people but loves other dogs he keeps he keeps trying to play bow with the cats and the cats do not understand what that means mm-hmm. so they don't particularly care for that but he is just really a sweetheart you know those big soulful eyes that like stare right into your soul you know mm-hmm. he he's just like here for the ride it seems you know he's cool as long as he is in the same room or vicinity as me or my husband you know i'm so far his favorite but we're working on it we'll have some separation anxiety stuff to work on in the future but i want to get him in and settled first before i start really mm-hmm. challenging him and making him because somebody gave him up already like he had a family for 90 days and they sent him back so i really want him to know he's secure here but my cats came first so they have you know they have to be happy but you know he gives the cats a lot of leeway he is interested and curious in the cats but and like if they run he'll want to run with them but they don't that does not go great and by going great i mean there's like some hissing but like it's always short if there's a bop it's usually no like nobody's drawn blood yet knock on (laughs) good 
you know, like that's great in my book. I think that's a win, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. And they're just, I, I think it's going well, but I don't, I don't know how these usually go. So let's back up a minute. So yeah. the dog is with you mm-hmm. or your husband all the time. Mm-hmm. And the cats also want to be yes. with you yes. all the time. All the time. So are they settling in the same rooms or yeah. is like every time the cats come in, Lou's like, that's interesting. Like what is, what, what are these chase slash bop scenarios? When do they tend to happen? So as far as like just hanging out, like Lou gets, like there's a baby gate situation up where in the room where the crate is. So he, you know, can sort of, but he's been coming with us when we leave there and he just like lays He's like laying at my feet right now. He is late this morning, so he's being good. But usually the cat-dog interactions happen when the cats would feel cornered. And he doesn't mean to make them feel cornered. It's just like there's a choke point in our kitchen. And this is usually like when we've had friends bring dogs over. That's like when those bad interactions would happen. So I know that's a dangerous area. But it's Mm -hmm. just like, you know, there's just one way in, one way out. And it's narrow. So if somebody's going in or out, then, you know the dog ends up getting surrounded and getting hissed at, but he seems fine. You know, like he doesn't seem, he backs up and is like, okay, like I think he must've had a cat in another home. Cause he is totally like so far really, really good. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I want to make sure that like my cats are happy. Cause I don't, I don't want this big dumb dog coming in their house. wanting <laughs> to be friends and them hating their lives, you know, like, yeah. So he seems to be responding appropriately to their kind of larger, what I call big behaviors, right? Like it's like, Mm -hmm. you can't miss a hiss. You can't miss a swat. Yes. Ideally, we want to start teaching him Mm -hmm. to recognize some more subtle behaviors Mm -hmm. and maybe to kind of teach some implicit boundaries around like those sticky spots. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what your kitchen looks like, but- I would recommend trying to come up with some management aspects to this so that Mm. the cats, if they want to use the kitchen as a refuge, he's not going to come in there. Mm -hmm. Right. Or at least for now. (laughs) Right. Setting up a gate where like, so they don't feel, oh, I came into the kitchen and now I'm stuck and I have to yell at him in order to get him to move away so that I can leave the kitchen. Right. So you might start with, a gate across the kitchen area so he can't come in and mm-hmm. then working with him on kind of giving that area like some wider berth. Mm-hmm. And you might look at creating like a cat elevated perch type thing yeah. so that they can come like maybe, I don't know how you feel about cats on the counter, but like, <laughs> I don't know what you're really want. I try to keep, and that's what a lot of times what happens is they jump on the counter and there's a cut through. So they just like, zoop, you know, that's their cat highway. Yeah. If they already have something like that, yeah, that you're okay with them still using, I would mm-hmm. kind of lean into it and say, okay. okay, like how can we make it so that it's easy for them to get that way and it's hard for him to then follow them yes okay <laughs> that's that's horrible. yeah yeah and then if you're like the highway that they have chosen is not the one i want them to use then you need to create an alternative route and then block off the one they have been using but make sure that the route you're creating is just as good if not better in okay. terms of ease of getting up there and safety away from him yes so if that's 
like the sticky spot or one of the sticky spots, like that was, mm-hmm. it would be where I would concentrate your attentions now, mm-hmm. physically managing the space. But also if you're, you know, in the kitchen cooking, mm-hmm. then you would have a mat for him, like right outside mm-hmm. that gate. Yeah. And you could just be like tossing him some kibbles. Yeah. I don't know what he's eating or it's some like yeah. dog safe food scraps, like uh-huh. vegetables or whatever. I don't know what he likes. Neither do you. You just met him. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> He loves carrots. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Yeah. He loves them. No, carrots are like actually surprisingly relatively universal vegetables for that dog's like. Really? Okay. Everyone's going to at me. My my dog doesn't like carrots. It, <laughs> I've met a lot of dogs that like carrots. <laughs> is the... As much as those other dogs don't like carrots, Louie likes carrots on their behalf. So he makes exactly. up for it. He loves carrots very healthy okay so excellent if you're doing some food prep in there you can be reinforcing him for chilling on a bed outside that gate he can still see you so this is like an initial separation anxiety prevention measure as well so teaching him that it's okay to be slightly separated from you Mm -hmm. but he can still see you you're still there it's not you haven't abandoned him so you might be working on a few different issues with this particular exercise. One other thing you could do around that spot would be to, I don't know where you feed the cats. Mm -hmm. You could feed them up on their super highway area Mm -hmm. so that he can see them moving around that space. They can see him, but he's not booking it into the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So how does that land on you as kind of like the first project? Great. The cat superhighway is, we'll take what they already know and do, and I'll just like clean off the clutter that they work around now because I just have like (laughs) knickknacks. It's like, you know, it's like I have the record player there, you know, like they just jump over the record player, but I'll like move it to make it more accessible for them. And Mm -hmm. then um, keeping him out of the kitchen and using that as a separation anxiety, like double time, double feature training exercise. That's great. You had mentioned getting him to recognize their more subtle signals. What should I be keeping an eye out for? And how should I teach him to look for them? Like, do I treat him when they give him a dirty look? Like, what should I be doing? Yeah. So each cat is going to have their own set of precursor signals. So you know your cats best, but probably what you're looking for is stiff body, wider eyes, they might freeze a little bit, like when they're like trying to figure out whether they should book it or smack him on the face. Um, (laughs) That's a decision point, right? If you Mm -hmm. see them freeze, you call him Mm -hmm. away. Okay. And then reinforce him for coming away. I would, because he's new, work on that as a separate skill with him. Like the whiplash turn is what I tend to use. That's a Control Unleashed exercise by a trainer named Leslie McDevitt, Mm -hmm. which it basically teaches them that their name said in a certain way means Mm -hmm. whiplash to where you are. Look at you because you're going to tell them. Oh, good. (laughs) It usually (laughs) stops forward momentum. So that's one of the first things that I teach any animal, you do want to make sure that if you're going to use their name, you say it in a kind of specialish way, just to make sure that, (laughs) you know, we say our animals names 20,000 times a day. So you want to make sure that it's kind of special to keep it clear for them. He uses like full legal name or something, you know, so he really knows he's in trouble, like something where he really- (laughs) Well, it's not trouble. So it's actually important. It's important to say that this is a positively reinforced cue. Oh, good. So- 
you are very much always going to reinforce him for responding appropriately. So you say his name, let's call it Lewis, whatever. I'm just gonna, yeah. I don't know whether his name is Lewis. <laughs> his name's Louis, so you're really close. Okay, good. He's French, I, uh, you know, he's got to have the French pronunciation. Yeah, I trained another dog named Louis who was French. Anyway, another story. <laughs> so Louis, whatever you want to, Garçon, um, yeah. you're good. <laughs> you say his name. And he turns to you and you are going to mark and reinforce him actively for prevent, for turning around from whatever he is engaged with. So either that's with praise, if you don't happen to have a cookie on you, but I would recommend, especially since he's new, I would have treat stations around the house to be able to capture any of the behaviors that he's already offering that you really, really like because it's better to start with yay that's good than don't do that don't do that don't do that it sounds like he's offering a lot of really good behaviors so you might as well capitalize it on it that's great the i love the treat station ideas so far i've just been carrying around the same three bags so i think i just need to like double that to six and just leave them where they live but then how do i what what does like a happy dog and cat relationship life together look like like what what am i aiming for like i you know the classic media is like you know fighting like cats and dogs so like mm-hmm. what my ideal would them to all be best friends right but like is <laughs> but what does that look like to you what does best friends look like? homeward bound tuddling you know <laughs> like that sort of thing you know but oh, um, shut but, up. but as a realist i know they're likely more gonna be like amicable roommates maybe mm-hmm. than like mm-hmm. siblings so i just don't know like where should i be aiming for my training like what's realistic for me to expect from these critters in my home? So that is the ultimate question. And I have a few kind of running definitions that Mm -hmm. tend to guide me. So the first thing is that my definition of coexistence is not an absence of conflict, because that's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. You're always going to have conflict with the people or animals that you live with, because we have moods and (laughs) behavior affects behavior right? So coexistence to me is that the animals have the skills to be able to navigate those conflicts appropriately without intense intervention from the humans. So what that might look like is kind of what they're starting to do, which is like, he's being too much, the cats are screaming at him, and he's saying, okay, and he's backing off right? We don't want them to feel like they have to scream at him, right? but it's active communication that is working to dissipate any conflict that is happening, right? Mm. If they hiss and he said, I don't care, I'm going to keep going and smack them in the face, right? That would be escalation of conflict rather than de-escalation of conflict. That's kind of like the bare minimum, right? Like they might fight, but they know how to kind of deal with it. Mm -hmm. The step up from that is that they respect each other's boundaries enough so that they can, again, read those more subtle signals of like, oh, you do want to hang out with me? Great, cool, I'll hang out but keep watching you to make sure that you don't, you're not getting pissed at me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll move away preemptive. Okay. 
or they are just saying, you know what? It seems like they don't really want to hang out. And so I'm not going to try that much. That depends on the temperaments of the animals, right? If there are animals that want to actively engage with each other, they just need to know how to do that. Mm -hmm. That's when you might get animals that would play slash cuddle. Right. Whatever. (laughs) The other equally lovely option is, again, if the animals are just not wanting to have those kinds of interactions, then they would give each other the appropriate space. So those are kind of your end goals Mm -hmm. towards true amicable living together. They either are happy to live together and do their own things, or they truly trust each other in their interactions when those are appropriate. I love it. But you're already seeing glimpses of the first one. So what you as a human can do in this situation is to familiarize yourself with some early signs of stress on the cat's part, Mm -hmm. reinforce him but cue him to move away when you see those rather than waiting for the chase slash hiss slash bop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then on the flip side, right, if they're interested in him and you Mm -hmm. see him getting either stiff and defensive or overly excited, like you were mentioning Mm -hmm. that he's throwing play bows at them and they're like, what the bleepity blank is that? (laughs) Right. If, if they're showing any interest in him and he takes it to another level, then you need to make sure that they know where they can go if he gets too much and mm-hmm. that he should calm down. <laughs> um, when they come up to him, you're going to be cueing calmer behaviors rather yeah. than letting him okay. throw his paws out around yes. everywhere. The other thing that sort of happens more often is I feel like he gets surrounded. So there'll be a cat on either side and then he looks at me and he's like, I don't know which way to go. And then he'll be yeah. like, he'll sort of be in like a five foot square, like doing circles. So I don't, I feel like then what I've been doing is like, mo- like giving him another avenue out. But I don't yeah. know if there's like a way I sh- like anything I should be doing to for the cats, you know? Like, yeah. so if they're being gangy uppy on him, yeah, um, I would teach them to go away. Okay, because that's real. I would teach all of the animals a nice kind of go to place behavior so in each room especially you'll notice which rooms tend to have the ganging up happen more often Mm -hmm. set up beds or mats elevated perches for the cats if you can Mm -hmm. that are always available so if you notice that they go there on their own treat them and i also want you to teach them to go there on cue so you're like excellent good choices to be up there if you notice them mm-hmm. but also like you're being rude go there <laughs> oh okay cool yeah because then you, he has more of a chance to escape and you're also teaching them what they should be doing instead yeah because i don't want i don't want to make it easier for them to you know pick on him yeah and that yeah. has to do with your management also yeah. right if you're finding that they're picking on him at a certain time during the routine and certain spots in the house then you need to figure out a way to make it less likely that he's going to get stuck in that scenario okay because that's those are situations where he's going to start to choose a more offensive way to get out of that scenario right, right. that's only happened like 
a handful of times in the eternity of the nine days that we've had him thus far. But, you know, I was just, I'm I'm trying to think of like all the times where like I've had air quotes, serious dog and cat interactions. And there was one Mm -hmm. this morning where I was sitting on the end of the couch. There was one cat next to me. Lou was in the middle. Then there was another cat and he wasn't sure which way to go. You know, I just like, I opened up another avenue. So I'll work on them and going to their places. So yeah, if couch, that tends to be a spot that everyone wants their own spot on. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would delineate spots for each animal on the couch, or you could like with little rugs or towels or heating Mm -hmm. pads for the cats or whatever they like. Right. And you could have him, him being Lou Mm -hmm. on the couch, or you could have like a plushy bed right at your feet. Mm-hmm. that might help him too like if the cats are they're like right on the back of the couch for mm-hmm. example stereotypically yeah. <laughs> yeah. he could be at your feet or next to you but having that kind of delineation and reinforcing them all for hanging out in their spots will provide a little less confusion for him about cool. what to do so yeah i threw a lot at you but this is like the first time to like really get things going in the right direction. Yeah. I don't want anybody to get bad habits. So I want to nip stuff in the bud now before it becomes something that they do, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And one of the most important things, and I say this to every single client. So if anyone like listens to this, they're going to be like, I know what she's going to say. You need to log the behaviors. You need to take records of these things, when they happen, what the behaviors look like, where they happen and trying to get that data so that you can see a pattern. If Mm -hmm. there is conflict more than once within a certain amount of time in a Mm -hmm. certain spot, you need to adjust the management for that spot immediately. Yeah. Um, One, one conflict, mm, take a look at it, write it down, (laughs) see how it unfolds and whether they can handle it on their own. Two Mm -hmm. conflicts, you're looking at that space, you're looking at that routine and seeing what adjustments you can make. Okay, cool. Cool. That all sounds doable. Great. And I look forward to hearing some updates from you, how things go. I can't wait to send them. (laughs) I want to see pictures of these beautiful animals as well. Oh, you'll get them. I have only thousands of photos of them. It's... I know. You have to get a larger SD card. (laughs) Get all that extra phone storage. Exactly. Well, thank you for spending some time with me, Lauren. And I'm glad that we were able to have this dog and cat chat. I hope that this episode helped you with your own pets. And so I would recommend subscribing to the podcast so you don't miss any other episodes. And I would be so appreciative if you could take a little bit of time to review the podcasts because your support helps other people find this show and get access to cat and dog specific content, which is not really that prevalent. And if you want to be awesome like Lauren and get a dog and cat chat with me on the podcast of your own, you can follow me on Instagram at Praiseworthy Pets and head to my link in my bio to schedule your own chat. And that is all for this episode, you wonderful cat and dog people. And I will see you next week for more. It's training cats and dogs.